Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, Derek, welcome. There's <laughs> like no downside to being like in, an in the Commonwealth. Prime Minister, is that it? You can make it modern. That's, that's what the protesters want. They want a super-duper Prime Minister. They want a head of state that actually has just a little bit of power and get rid of this king guy. So they want parliament, but just with a... Yeah, with, I'm with, with a, everybody with a, but you, James. Everybody is right but you. <laughs> it is. Like, um, they don't know what the hell they want. They want somebody to come in and fix it. They want a benevolent dictator who only exercises their power when things don't go smoothly. But then half the country always thinks things aren't going smoothly. So they want their benevolent dictator. They want a Darth Vader living in the, in the, in the White Tower. Optimus Prime Minister. <laughs> Let's bring the Transformers into it. We, we get Mattel to sponsor it and we close any budget gaps. The tiebreaker. <laughs> okay, the Amazon Prime Washington Post says, under the model advocated by Republic, an elected head of state would be free to speak out on important issues of the day, unlike the king now. What does that he mean? Could, He's free he to could speak, speak out, out about it. Like, he okay, could that's speak like, out. Pat him on the say, head, give him a lollipop and tell him to shut up. You spoke out about it. Now go inbreed or whatever it is you royals do. And then they say, and this is the important part, this new super-duper prime minister would be able to stop the politicians from doing something if they are breaking the rules. And they would be accountable in the same way as any other political figure. They could be removed so by parliament. They want a referee. They're voting yeah, to give somebody They want a Supreme Court, per se. There are other countries with elected heads of state, like Ireland and Italy. They want to go by Italy. Oh, there's a stable government. So they want their prime minister to be elected, like like the, the parliamentary systems that have a directly elected head. Is that what? Is that apparently they what want both? For? They want the prime minister that is chosen by the majority party, and they want some other guy who, on occasion, in case of emergency, break glass, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, is it? Wonder the country's isn't got 10% Justin, all the time. Isn't Justin Trudeau directly elected or not? No. He's not? No, they form a coalition government that chooses the prime minister. He, he's actually mm. never gotten a majority of the vote up in uh, Cuba North. <laughs> Cuba. Being a relative North. of Castro and all. Yeah. Who is this actress? Who is this Evangeline Lilly? Are you familiar she's with in her? in the uh, Ant-Man movies. She was in Lost. Mm. What about her? Well, she says that she's she is venting that society's current push to feminize men and masculine and 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 make women masculine is just really off track. No, she's she was um, she said some things that were uh, based in the past. I just can't remember exactly what it was. I think it might have been vaccine related, but she has. Uh, stepped into the fray before, not directly, just one of those. She says something, and then all of a sudden, oh, my God, 
what did I, what did she just say? And then her people scramble to clear it up. So that's not completely shocking. Okay. Um, she's also, unlike uh, Gianna Carano, for, uh, who got fired by Disney over the Mandalorian, she's a major player in the Ant-Man franchise, which makes a ton of money for Marvel Studios and Disney. So they won't fire her. They will okay, probably she just says, walk back everything she says. She says, why do we feel the need to vilify a man wearing S-kicker boots, driving a pickup who's not afraid to punch someone in the face, but if they were a woman, they would be the epitome of cool? She also wonders, why is a man who loves makeup, cries easily, and stays at home tend to be the domestic responsibilities of valiant, but a woman who does the same thing is is pathetic. So she's just questioning the way that we look at. Uh, I wonder if she's going to. You don't think she's going to take any heat for this? No, she's going to take a lot of heat for it. Are you kidding oh. me? She's going to catch hell for it. That's why I say they'll eventually walk it back. If it were a normal actress, if this were the uh, the fourth lead instead of the first female lead in the Ant Man movies, they would. Eh, I don't know. They. Invite her to leave, write her character out of existence, and say, well, she wasn't going to be in the next movies anyway. But they can't do that. She plays the Wasp in the Ant-Man and the Wasp movies. So and it's not because she's a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. She's the lead superhero character now. She's uh, important. So they kind of have to let it slide and hope that few people notice. Mm, well, let's make more people notice. All right, I got to ask you this. We found a conservative in Hollywood. Let's get her. No, I mean, let's help her. Let's help her just spread her views. I mean, this woman's talking sense. Okay, so Fox is demanding that Dominion, don't censor me. I can say Dominion on the air now, and people don't reach for the button. (laughs) Oh, man, Oh, you have no idea, Derek. The first time I said Dominion, I was, like, censored, and I went off. On everybody. It's like, I just said the word Dominion. I'm not going to get you sued. What, what, Diego? You were the one that censored me. Yeah, I was, it was, um, it was the force of habit mostly. Cause I know it's a news story, but we were, we were, we were told not to. Is it, what, what yeah. is you were told not to now? say the word Dominion? We're told it because, um, I don't think I should talk about it. But you yeah. shouldn't talk about it. It's policy. It's policy. And we don't want to get anybody get, in trouble. Is this every day? You just try, wake up. You know what? Today I'm going to try and get people fired. You know, no. It's just that now I can Lily, say I the word. Get, but maybe I But I would never. I'm, I'm a responsible broadcaster, and I have always been responsible. I would have never said anything. And I was just reporting news stories. I wasn't offering an opinion. Anyway, there's a news story today, Derek, that I have to ask you about. Fox is demanding that Dominion conduct an internal probe after all of the Tucker Carlson text of messages this week that have been leaked have been leaked. Yeah. And Dominion people are saying, hey, we don't have anything to do with this leak. They also filed an injunction against that horrid group, Media Matters, and Media Matters is kind of laughing in their face about it. So what's the skinny? What's the skinny? If I had to guess, I would have probably put the blame just at a hypothetical situation since we're just making it just a couple of guys talking here. I would put the blame somewhere or at least point 
in suspicion toward somebody who might be trying to file a lawsuit against the company and particularly worked for the show and would have had access to the control room, would have had access to raw footage, would have had access to those sorts of things. I mean, honestly, if I were Fox, I would. that's where I would look. But I'd also want to send them an edible arrangement or something because this is it. This is behind the scenes. Tucker is exactly that way in in private, you know. And like, oh man, it's so there's nothing scandalous about that. He's makes jokes. He swears. He's like a real human being. It used to drive me nuts. What was it? In Us Magazine. I used to. It was my dentist office waiting room reading thing. When like celebrities are just like us. They they carry their <laughs> babies. And it, like, what do you mean they carry? Uh, uh, do we expect celebrities to like drag them by the feet down the street? These newborn children, like it, it, Tucker, is exactly how he is, and exactly how most people are. I tell you, as somebody who knows quite a few of these people in in big media, it shouldn't be, but it's a rarity, and it's refreshing that Tucker is who he is. A lot of the other people are uh, not. So they're trying to make a scandal out of it, but the most scandalous thing was he watched an Antifa guy get the crap beat out of him and said, yeah, and then he caught himself and said, no, I don't want to be this person. What have I become? And did some soul searching to a coworker. Now, I realize mm. the left doesn't have a soul to search. They've already sold it, but you know, a normal human being might catch themselves and go, I just... I don't feel particularly good about this. And Tucker did. And Tucker then told people about it. Now the world know. And if that's the worst that they've got, believe me, it is, uh, hell, given what they've come out with, I wouldn't be surprised if Tucker were the leaker, except that it went through the little fascists over at uh, Media Matters. He would have never yeah. done that. Wow. So have you, um, do you have any other thoughts about it's been, it's starting to cool down now just a little bit now. Uh, do you think, let me ask you a question because I've been hearing this too. You might know the answer to this, Derek. I hear that he has not really been fired, that they just have taken him off the air, but they're still paying him, et cetera, under his contract. And this is in a sense, to yeah, he's been locked up anywhere else. Right. I do not have any insights into that. I uh, texted him the day I heard, but other than that, I left him alone because I can imagine what he's dealing with and all the the feces he's catching. But uh, every year, one of the things about Tucker is once you get in his world, I was shocked the first time. I got text messages just after midnight, right when it became my birthday. From Tucker. Hey, man, I was still up. Hey, happy birthday. Like, responded, and we had a nice little chat. Every year on my birthday, he's done that. His calendar must be full of reminders of everybody he's ever met if he manages to come across their birthday because he sends out text messages, at least to me. And if I make the cut, then God knows a million people make the cut. So I started doing the same thing to him. His birthday is coming up on the 16th. I'm not going to harass him or ask him anything uh, before that. I am just going to do what I have always done for the past 15 years and shoot him a text message wishing him a happy birthday 
on his birthday and see if he responds this time. I imagine he's meeting with teams of lawyers and they're combing through all sorts of ways. To, and he's probably wrestling with the, do I want this giant pile of money for doing nothing? Or do I want to do something? Do I have a giant enough pile of money that I can forego this other giant pile of money? And then, you know, am I mad? Do I want to go out and do what? I don't know all the things that are going through his head, but I can imagine some of them. And that's not going to be a decision that's going to be made right away, nor is it a decision that needs to be made right away. All right. Now, when we get back, there is still this case going on in New York. Mr. Neely uh, put in a chokehold dead. Yeah. The leftists are claiming it's murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to definitely, because this has inflamed people, and you have people like uh, uh, Ariana, Ariana Presley. It hasn't really inflamed them. I tell you, if all of these leftists and the members of the goon squad cared about the people that get killed in horrible circumstances as much as they claim to after they've been dead, if they cared about them one-tenth of that much while they were still alive, they'd still be alive. So we've got that. We've got the reactions from, again, AOC, he was murdered, and we've also got now a grand jury apparently going to take a look at this. We have the border, Derek. The border is out of control. Title 42 is about to end. Mm-hmm. And I saw the figures, over 6 million, and this is what Todd Benzman, who's been with us on this program a lot, has warned. We have over 6 million entries of illegal immigrants into this country in the last year. I mean, since Biden has come in. 6 million. We've got all that, and we've got a lot more. There was a hysterical hysterical, at least to me, piece in the Los Angeles time about their new mansion tax, the one that's supposed to soak the super rich. It's not working like they planned. (laughs) All that and more. WABC, it's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. 800-848-WABC is the number to call if you want to be part of the program, and we're coming back right after this. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Bob Seger brings us back. Seems like yesterday. I love this song. Bob Seger, 1945. Born today. 1977, of course, the hit Night Moves. 1987, Shakedown. But then there was this song. To me, this is his most iconic song, Against the Wind. Bob Seeger's birthday today here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Derek Hunter is with us. Derek, of course, is a full-fledged media personality, every aspect of the media, yeah, <laughs> and all of that. And also, uh, we get some really good insights from Derek on what family life in America is really like these days. Are you going to soccer today with the kids? No, we are skipping soccer today. We have tickets to go to uh, Mount Vernon. 
to... Oh, you're taking the kids to Mount Vernon. We're taking the kids to Mount Vernon. Uh, the wife bought, there's like a cruise or something. It's not a real cruise, but you get on a boat and then you get to go out in the Potomac and see what Mount Vernon looks like from the water. We were just, the wife and I were at uh, Mount Vernon two weeks ago for the Heritage Foundation's 50th anniversary party. Cause now, for those of us who, who don't live in the Washington, D.C. area, remind me again what Mount Vernon is? George Washington's home. Oh, cool. Oh. Uh, yeah, George oh, Washington. I, what am I, how am I going to remember? <laughs> you got Google in front of you, man. Uh, yeah, but it's, Google it's doesn't beautiful. translate well. We were at the uh, Heritage did Foundation you go to the, anniversary party there the other did day. Did you go to and, the Did you go to the slave quarters while you were at Mount Vernon? Uh, the first time I went, the second time I went was for a private event that was on the lawn, and so no, we just went to the party and ate and drank. Today oh. we will because. We'll have time to kill. We're getting a we got a tour of the house and the boat ride and and the slave quarters. Now, what about them? Are you going to tour the slave quarters too? What did I just say? I said yes. We're going to do the whole thing. Okay. We're making a Saturday of it. We're sacrificing world championship quality soccer, <laughs> trying <laughs> to go to this thing. All right, so I want to start on this whole mansion uh, thing. This because this Derek, this is hysterical. In the days before Los Angeles mansion tax, now this was liberals got what they wanted. They said we want to soak the rich. We want a tax on the ultra ultra rich. Right. So if they sell their house, then we're going to take a nice chunk of it. We're going to take four percent on all residential and commercial real estate transactions above $5 million, and we're going to take 5.5% on sales above $10 million. Mm-hmm. So super rich people that wanted to get rid of their properties were offering all kinds of things. They were offering exotic cars. They were offering crazy bonuses for people who were willing to buy before this thing took place. Mm-hmm. And then the tax. Then came tax day. During March, when all the was the peak of all of this, this tax took uh, came into effect in April. So there was a lot of movement in the market. Then the tax day came, and that's it. What the wealthy have done now is take their properties off the market. They're not selling them, or they're trying to figure out workarounds. Meaning, if, instead of if they have a big estate, they're now trying to figure out how they can parcel it up or parse it up into different properties and sell the different properties, uh, I guess, to the same buyer for less so that they can avoid the tax. The revenue that was projected to come in from this windfall of rich people selling their homes is not materializing. What they're not. Does, does it? They're no right. They're not getting any of the money that they thought. And since the case, by the way, is being challenged in court, there is the possibility that if these, if if this is found to be unconstitutional, all of the sales that were made where the city did collect this tax, that money is going to have to be, you know, given back. So the whole thing is a mess. Out there, and now there's no movement in the real estate market among luxury houses. 
Now you don't have the money that they thought they were going to have. You know what I find funny all... about this, James? Is Go ahead. The, these rich people are going to screw these rich people when they sell their houses. They Normal people need to sell their houses. Rich right. people have multiple houses. I mean, the real rich people. And so they're like, they're not in desperate need. Like, oh, man, I need $50,000 cash. I'll just sell this house and take the money. They're not like that. So they go, you know what? I'll just sit on it. I'll actually make rental income from it or whatever. I'll do Airbnb, whatever it is they do. Because they don't need the money. They they sell houses not because, you know, Jeff Bezos isn't going to go, we need to sell this house or else I'm not going to be able to buy my head razors to shave myself bald this week. <laughs> it is. He goes, you know what? I want to sell this house because... It's it'll get me a profit. Oh, it won't get me a profit now. Well, the hell with it. I'll just shove it in there. And if I need a couple of uh, million dollars, I'll just you know dig through the couch cushions and see what what shakes out there. They don't need to do these transactions. So why would they? And then they just go, well, we'll rent it. Well, now they're going to probably next try to go to pay a c- capturing money from rental of luxury pop- properties. They will try to screw over the rich people all they want. But the funny thing is they're all rich people, and they let the rich people in the room, or they at least let the accounting firms of the rich people in the room, and they always have an emergency escape hatch. you got to be a real dumb rich person. They'll screw over a lottery winner, but they won't get anybody who actually earns money, who actually takes a risk, anybody who starts a company, because they know how to play the game. And long term, it'll be more people going, yeah, California is really nice. I had no way in hell I'm moving there under any circumstances. I'll fly in. I'll rent a house. I'll stay at the Four Seasons, whatever. But I'm not going to move to California because why would I? So all you do is end up screwing over. I remember back in the 90s listening to Rush talk about the – Tax that Clinton put on, I think it was on sailboats. Yachts. Than it was on luxury yachts. It was, like that. And guess tax. what happened? The used versions of those boats skyrocketed in price because then they didn't, they weren't subject to the tax. They're still cheaper than buying new. And the uh, sale of boats like one foot short of that skyrocketed. And the people who got screwed were the blue collar workers who made the 100 foot boats. They got screwed. Exactly. Exactly. I remember that. That was the yacht tax. Yep. And it backfired so they eventually had to repeal it. Of course. They because did. it it just it killed the marketplace. And so that's what they're going to do in LA. And these they never learn though. It's the same no, mistake over and over again. Granted, I I watch uh, Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles and I enjoy it and and the decadence it turns my stomach a little bit and there's a lot of jealousy there. But those are the people who are getting screwed. It's the people who sell these houses. Because the pe- the people, if you own a thirty million dollar house, you're. I suspect you're not worth thirty million dollars. I suspect you're worth a lot more than that. If you're worth thirty, occasionally an athlete will go. You know what? I'm going to make this kind of money forever, and I'm going to put it all into a big house, and then they'll go broke and need to sell their house. But if you're buying a twenty five, thirty million dollar house, you probably got a lot more money than that. And you're not worried about it. But if you're living off the commission of that and the the staging for that and the lawn maintenance for that, and everything, you're getting screwed. You're getting screwed. So Democrats always do things that sound great to their constituents who don't understand common sense and logic, but end up screwing over the people they profess and scream from the mountaintops 
that they desperately want to represent. All right, Derek, when we get back, we got to take a break. I want to go philosophical for a minute with you. Yeah, I do. I want to talk about what it's going to take to fix certain things in society. And that's more of a philosophical question. All right. Oh, man. Really? Yeah, baby. With the highway magic in the Hamptons. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurvy, here on WABC. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. You are welcome to join in. 800-848-WABC. Don't go away. Saturday morning radio extravaganza is in your ears. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. From the soundtrack, Saturday Night in the Fever. Saturday Night Fever today, this week. Started its run at number one on the album charts and would stay there for almost. Let me see how many months. It stayed almost number one for about 18 weeks. How many pounds of polyester did you pile on listening to this record? I mean, I love, you know what I loved? I was, I was working at my first job in radio when this album came out. When, or when it was out. And the one song that to this day I still play and love like it's new, never get tired of hearing it, was How Deep Is Your Love. To me, that's one of the finest songs that I've ever heard, finest compositions. Is that, and, for the longest time, I think, you want to talk about lyrics that you get wrong. Is that the one you come to me in a summer breeze? Yeah. yeah. For yeah. the longest time, I thought, I don't know why, because it didn't make any sense. Not that come to me on a summer breeze does, but it's at least semi-poetic. I thought that was you come to me on a submarine. Oh, my gosh. You come to me in Milwaukee. on a submarine. In <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Like. I didn't get I didn't it. I didn't know I what didn't it was. Walk it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it ranks right up there with like uh, racked up like a. Uh, well, I won't say it, but um, uh, please don't. Yeah, but uh, okay. one of those things are. Uh, excuse me while I kiss this guy. One of those lyrics that I just always got wrong was "You come to me on a submarine." Okay. Now, well, now when you hear it next time, you might not be able to unhear "You come to me on a submarine." Yeah, well, I'm probably not going to do that. So let me ask you a question, Derek. We are, uh, I don't know whether you saw the pictures you may have, of the two-mile-wide homeless encampment, except this is not your ordinary homeless encampment. These are people in RVs, and then they set up tents and so forth in, 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 in front of the RVs. This is on US-1 out in California in Marin County. Now, you know about California. This is some expensive, expensive real estate they're on. Yes. And yet there's a two-mile, two-mile on both sides of the road encampment of RVs and homeless people. 
All right, so the last time I was in the last time I was in um Seattle. Now Seattle is home to Amazon. Seattle is home everyone thinks about Silicon Valley in California, home but if you Microsoft. go up to Right. If you go up to, to Redmond and all that, Microsoft is up there. There are a ton. Amazon is there. You put Amazon and Microsoft in the same town, you're talking in the, in the same locale, that is a powerhouse. And also you have Boeing and Everett. So this is an area that has a lot of wealth. And yet, when I was in Seattle, there were homeless encampments on, on the on not just WABC. the roads, not just in the city. They've taken over downtown. Downtown is worse than anything I have seen in all the time I have been going back and forth to Seattle. It's almost it is scary what has happened to downtown Seattle. And the crazy and when I say the crazies are out, I don't mean that pejoratively. I mean you have to really watch your back. Like right. you're in New York, because you don't, you're not sure that if you turn your back, some person's going to come behind you and maybe hurt you very seriously. And you see the the same acting out, people walking down the street, yelling to the moon, screaming, screaming, whatever, nuts. But on the sides of the highways, Derek, there are people in tents. Okay, that's on the West Coast. Then you go down to L.A., there are now homeless encampments encroaching into Beverly Hills near Rodeo Drive. There are homeless encampments spread all over. In fact, some businesses are saying, we can't do anything to get these people out of here. You go across the country. Hold on. We're in New York. You know the homeless problem in New York. We just saw another example of the mental illness that's here. This young man has been arrested 44 times, autism, schizophrenic, and, and yet wandering the streets. And you multiply that by I don't know how many thousands. If you go to Washington, D.C., I'm sure you see it in Baltimore and D.C. If you go to Florida, if you go almost, what in the hell has happened to this country that we cannot do a better job in helping people that severely need help, that have mental illnesses, and why are we seeing so many people that are homeless and with all the money that we're spending, they're still out in tents, they're still at the side of the road, they're in their RVs. What's going on here, Derek? Because the Chardonnay-drinking suburban white woman who funds the Democratic Party doesn't care. They don't. They aren't going to these cities, James. So they don't see them. I, when I used to drive into Baltimore and D.C. with regularity, now I do. I now I avoid it like the plague. Every intersection was a slalom. Uh, there's a homeless person on one side. There's a homeless person on the other side. There's a homeless person walking down the streets at every single stoplight, and you just go, God, I just, I just want to be left alone. I'm reminded of. Um, a rant I just did on my podcast about because you, you go to a checkout counter every now every store now would you like to enter your phone number all right I gotta enter my phone would you like to donate a dollar for this thing no I don't would you want to round up for this cost you want and then they ask you hey do you want us to write your name on a balloon and we'll put it on the wall like no I don't I just want to buy my stuff and get the hell out of here I just want to drive through a town and get to where I'm going I don't want to be harassed I want it's a nice day. I'd like to put the window down. But you can't put the window down because there'll be 15 people coming up to you for money. It's not that you're not compassionate. It's like enough already. Sometimes you just want to be left alone. And 
the uh, people who are not demanding anything be done about this, the people who control the Democratic Party, the people without whom they would lose elections, the wealthy white suburban lady who drinks Chardonnay at 3 o'clock, it's Chardonnay o'clock, they don't deal with that. They don't go there, so they don't care. They don't care. Now it's sort of creeping, to quote the great philosopher uh, Jeremiah Wright, the chickens are coming home to roost for these people as the... uh, undesirable parts of society are creeping into their neighborhoods now. And they don't have a leg to stand on. They've defunded the police. They've badmouthed the police. They've made it to the point that the Ferguson effect is real, that every time a cop gets out of their car, there's 15 people with a cell phone going, what are you doing, what are you doing, what are you doing, filming him. So he's not going to get out of the car unless and until an emergency is called over the phone. Well, that's all well and good when it's an abstract in some other poor neighborhood where, yeah, the people live and you're looking out. Look, you you donate to the Sierra Club, so you're trying to fight environmental racism. So you're you're good. Now that it's happening down in the cul-de-sac where you live or near there on the way, I suspect things will change a little bit, but not much. As I said at the beginning of the show, if the people complaining the loudest about the the death of Jordan Neely, actually gave a damn about people like Jordan Neely. You wouldn't know the name Jordan Neely, but they don't become politically useful until they're dead. George Floyd became a saint. He was a non-entity until he died. But, you know, to sit there and say, those, those evil cops, they robbed this young woman of her father. No, crack robbed that young woman of her father years ago. And all the encounters with the law that he had, where they let him off easy, uh, robbed that little girl of her father. Yeah, Derek Chauvin was the ultimate death knell for him, but the robbing of his life and the people around him was allowed to happen by all these politicians because you can't monetize helping a junkie and you can't really get a lot of votes on that. But you sure as hell can drive people to the streets in the name of justice when they become useful by dying on film. Okay. We see the problem, and you have identified the problem. I want solutions. And Mike, Derek, mistakenly or not, and you can you can say that I might be politically ignorant here, mm-hmm. and, and I'll take that from you if this is the case. My take, Derek, is that these problems are not going to ever be fixed unless the Republican Party stops standing on the sidelines and actually takes up these causes because it is apparent to me that Democrats will never take up these causes. They will keep the issue, and they will run on the issue of, what do they call it, wealth inequality and all the rest of the things as a philosophical issue. But the problems that real people are facing in these inner cities and not just the inner cities, these are spread across now in even in suburban areas. Mm-hmm. These problems are not going to be addressed unless the, they become addressed from conservatives in this country. And we cannot just stand on the sidelines and look at all this happening and shake our finger and say, okay, the soulless left allows this to happen 
But that doesn't solve anything. See, there's a, you're not politically ignorant as far as the solutions. They're not going to come from the Democrats. The Democrats have had absolute control of these areas for generations where these problems are, the, where the tumor started, right, where the problem started. Democrats have controlled them since the 40s or 50s, and it's their policies that helped cause these. The problem is Republicans kind of walked away like a dealer at shift change in Vegas, you know, for blackjack, where they clap their hands together and say, oh, nothing up my sleeve, and they walk away. Republicans have given up on that. There's no votes in it for them. Um, and there won't be yeah, but the, but Okay, so there are no votes. Let me take a no, break. No, I get Come it. Back. I get it. But because I'm just I telling you why they point. won't address it. Okay. Because Demo- when Rand Paul... Rand Paul, I thought, made a, a huge stride when he went in 2016. He went to Howard University. He went and talked to students at Howard University, did a Q&A. And it wasn't, certainly they weren't welcoming him with uh, softball questions like they would for Joe Biden. But he went there. And that's what Republicans need to do more of. The problem is that's hard work. Nobody wants to do hard work. Not a politician. James Goldman, a.k.a. Snurley coming back. WABC Talk Radio 77, 800-848-WABC. Right back. Don't go away. Majestic 12, to Area 51, to Operation Paperclip, to the Pyramids, to UFOs, to Stonehenge, hidden underground bases, close encounters, to cover-ups, to abductions. They're running a strange program, y'all. Hear it all on the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Putting the extra in extraterrestrial. Weeknights, all night long. 77 WABC. It's Saturday! It's the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Phil Perry brings us back in on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Cover song, the first recorded by Dion Warwick. Deja vu. Derek Hunter is with us. Derek, another question for you. J.P. Morgan, CEO, and also the Google founder, Jamie Dimon and, and Larry Page, have been subpoenaed. They're supposed to testify in a case related to Jeffrey Epstein. What did they know? The pretty the underlying issue was what did they know and when did they know it? Whether they knew about the sex trafficking and also his access to large sums of cash. I mean, it's his cash. I don't know what that, but... So let me ask you a question. Is this Epstein, I mean, this is something you see all over social media. It erupts from time to time. Every time there's some new information, this week it was who's in Jeffrey Epstein's address book. Mm-hmm. Is this who's in his calendar? Who's having lunch calendar. with Bill Gates was in there an awful lot. 
Mm. Yeah. Supposedly that was one of the issues that Mrs. Gates found. Uh, to Turns be... out that chicks don't dig it when their husbands hang around with child rapists. I don't know. It's, I, I, I'm glad I learned that lesson not firsthand. It's one of those proxy lessons that I'll, I'll take to the grave with me, and, and I'm thankful for the knowledge. Is there anything to this Jeffrey Epstein story? Is this going to just be one of those Every year we just get little drips and drabs about Epstein, this Epstein, that, and nothing ever comes of it. It's going to have to be one of those stories because the only way we get information is when somebody sneaks it out the back door, when somebody Sandy Burgers it and sticks it in their socks and isn't searched by the guards and they get it out because the people who want to keep it in are wildly rich and powerful, you know? So they they don't want it all at once. The smart thing would be to just go, all right, let's give the world uh, everything that we've got because we deserve it. And people were hurt and children were harmed and what have you. But the people that apparently did it or were cool with it being done are too rich to ever want that to be to be known about them. So it'll be one of those situations where you you find out about it. Long after, who was the guy who played uh, Hogan in Hogan's Heroes? What was his name? I forgot his name, but, but I know it, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, after he died, you find out that this guy was into a lot of weird, kinky stuff, right? Yep, yep, yep. After he didn't know it while he was, he kept it secret while he was alive. Well, sooner or later, these people are going to die, and then we will find out about. It. I don't know what they. I guess they just want to not be caught or not be questioned or whatever about what they knew and when they knew it while they're alive. They'll leave that for their kids and grandkids to deal with because they're just they're like grandpa of the year, like Joe Biden, who has one uh, won't acknowledge his one granddaughter. So yeah, that's kind of it. He was on, you know, he was on PMSNBC last night. That's by the way, he claims that he's unable to go to the coronation St. Jill because he was busy. And he told Stephanie Rule apparently that 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 he was busy doing her show, which is why he couldn't make it over for the coronation. He's senile and he's stupid. You know, it's just tough to know which one is in play at any given moment. Is it is senility or is it because he's been stupid a whole long time, his whole life? He's only been senile for the past ten years. But as far as the Epstein stuff goes, we're not going to know until somebody does some actual journaling. Look. There's, we still don't have the manifesto for the Nashville trans killer. Why? Because the police said they were going to release it, and then they said, well, we can't release it now because some media outlets are suing us to release it. What sense does that? It doesn't. It's just that whenever there is information out there that the public would normally have and should have and is legally entitled to, if it's damaging to Democrats, they will pull the Clinton thing. Deny, deny, delay, delay. And then when it finally comes out, you go, old news. What's the big deal? Derek Hunter, ladies and gentlemen, you can find Derek at Town Hall. You can find Derek. Derek, your podcast. People want to see your, see your podcast. Where do they go? Uh, they can just search Derek Hunter podcast. Or if you want to hear uh, the Weekend Evan Review, which uses saucy language, uh, Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Two flavors, no waiting. Thank you, Derek.